0: the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, presented by Silverback Advertising, online at silverbackadvertising.com. Am I the only person that when you, I when I watch a, a, uh, a TV commercial for a car dealership online, I think to myself, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, that payment, I can get that payment, no problem. And then I pause it. And I get up from my couch and I go and I look at the disclaimer, and it's only because I used to be the guy that wrote the disclaimer, and I still am, I guess. And I would look at it and I'd be like, "Oh, I see. I gotta be. I gotta qualify for the uh, for the military uh, rebate. I've gotta qualify for the college grad program. I've gotta qualify for the bonus cash that you only get if you're trading in a similar model. So I'm never gonna get that car. Am I the only person that thinks like that when they see a TV commercial for a car dealership?" I don't, Maybe because I'm an industry guy. That's the way I think. And I look at it. But does the consumer look at it that way? I don't know. I'm not sure. But we'll see if we can we can find that out. But I have a gentleman today who's going to tell us a, a story about his car buying experience. And he's not just a regular consumer. He's a guy in uh, in the industry. So, uh, you know, his story comes with some context. His name is Tom Klein. He is the uh, lead consultant and founder at Better Vantage Point, and he is a contributor at Dealer Marketing Magazine. We'll bring him on now. Hello, Tom. How you doing? Good morning. Everything's great. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. I was uh, checking out Dealer Marketing Magazine, where you are a member of the XP Bert, uh, the expert panel, and uh, I apparently I am too. Although I don't feel that I'm an expert in anything really, um, but they put me on the panel and my picture's on there, and so that's cool. Uh, that's cool. For the po- good
1: to see your name and lights. Yeah, hey, cool.
0: So, um, so f- uh, you know, for the podcast, I guess. But um, you have an article that is uh, uh, coming out or out right now at the time that people will be listening to this podcast that tells an interesting story that I think could be informational for dealers in terms of um, dealers being uh, proactive about something as opposed to being reactive about something. And I think I want to start, uh, we'll get to your, your your company and we'll give you all your plugs and everything later, but let's get to the story first because the story uh, is a good one and uh, I will uh, let you tell it uninterrupted. I'll try my best not to interrupt.
1: That's okay. Please,
0: please do interrupt. Okay, good. Because I'd like to interrupt.
1: Yeah, good. Very good. Um, well, my fiance and I were looking for a, a luxury SUV, and we had narrowed it down to one particular model. And uh, to protect the guilty in the in the article, I call it the Lollipop One. Okay. Um, so, and you'll have to read the article to uh, to know why I call it the Lollipop One, right? Yes. So um, the uh, payment on the advertisement on the web advertisement showed six seventy nine a month for thirty six months. Um, so I called the dealership, uh, identified myself as an automotive compliance consultant, and I was interested in the lollipop one for six seventy nine a month, and could I buy it? And I went back and forth with uh, a woman in the in their DBC. And she said that I couldn't buy this one for 679 a month, but I could buy one with less equipment on it um, for 679 a month. So the base model, I mm-hmm. can buy the base model for 679. That's not what was pictured on the website, uh, but they said I could buy that one. And um, they did not have one in stock and said that I'd have to factory order it. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't mentioned in the original ad and there was certainly nothing showing in the ad that said that this would be available by special order only, which is one way you can do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll come back to that in a few minutes. But, um, um, I pushed back and I said, you know, it says I can buy this particular one for six 79 a month. And the DBC rep said that she would, um, get back to me on Monday. And of course she didn't. And I waited a while. I think I called back on the Thursday and then the GM called me who was the son of the owner. Okay. Um, and um, he had said that he checked with their lawyer on this. Huh. And, I, and that was surprising to me because I just wanted to buy a car yeah, just like everybody else. Uh, and this was a lease, by the way, it wasn't actually a purchase, but, but nonetheless, same, same, uh, same difference. Uh, so I said, what did the lawyer say? And the lawyer said that the ad was okay because it was pushed by the manufacturer um, and that the dealer could sell us at the one at 679 a month, which was the base model. So the lawyer said it was okay. Okay. Which that's not okay. But right that's
0: that's the whole that's other part of, yeah i'm sorry go ahead no i was to say that's a whole other issue we'll have to unpack these issues at the end of the story
1: there's a there's a lot to unpack yeah for sure um, you know so first of all that's deceptive um, 100% 100% deceptive the it, first of all if you show a picture of one vehicle and a payment you can't disclaim your way out of that Right. If you show a picture and give a payment, then if you don't sell the consumer that car, then it's an unfair, deceptive act in practice. Um, and that opens up the dealership for a lot of liability, including treble damages. So if you're talking about a $50,000 car, then, you know, that'll triple it uh, to 150 plus attorney's fees. It gets pretty ugly and pretty messy uh, pretty quickly. Um, they changed their website after my call, um, and they changed the stock number actually. And it was the, it was the end of the month. So of course, at the beginning of every new month, manufacturers come out with new lease deals. They come out with new rates, new incentives, depending on, you know, what the, what the stocks are in Mm -hmm. the dealerships and what they want to, what they need to get rid of, um, The stock number I looked at was gone, and then subsequently there was a different stock number, but the old stock number then popped up later, and the payment was $1,080, $1,085, something like that for the same car. Um, So I said, okay, somebody's paying attention now, they finally got the real payment on there. Yeah. But at that time, the manufacturer's disclaimer was still wrong because it said, excluding uh, the tax, the license, and options. And so they tried to hide behind the options. So going back to the first vehicle, they said you could get a base model with no options.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and the options were an ad. So that's deceptive. Um, again, if you picture a car that has power seats or whatever, you can't then go back and disclaim and say it's plus options and that the car that we're showing you isn't really the car that you get.
0: I feel like the photo thing where, you know, you, you watch a TV commercial and you see a payment and then the photo, what you experienced, you know, is the loaded model, but the payments for the base model. I feel like that's pretty common, right?
1: I think it is pretty common. Now, what I view.
0: Is that, you know, do you think that, because it could be one of three things. It could be, you know, like they didn't do the ad, the agency did the ad, it's a national ad, whatever. They're not even paying attention to it. It could be uh, intentional. Like, all right, well, we'll show the nice one because the base one doesn't have rims or, you know, trim on it or whatever. Uh, or it could be three. We don't, they don't, we don't really know the rules. We know there are rules, but we don't know what the rules are. And like, ah, forget it. Which of those? Is, which is it? A combination of those things that are happening in our industry. D all of the above. Yeah, for sure,
1: for sure. It's um, it's important to pay attention to because it's the beginning of regulatory problems. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, consumers will will um, certainly complain to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the Attorneys General, the Federal Trade Commission. These are all repositories for consumer complaints. Um, And if you get sideways example, as an example, if you get sideways with the FTC, uh, the FTC uh, has made dealers enter into orders where they agree to have their advertising reviewed for up to the next 20 years um, for non-compliance. So there are, and you know, you don't want the FTC scrutinizing your advertising for the next 20 years, besides however that looks, whatever bureaucracy it is, uh, it's, it's not going to be pleasant and it's going to be expensive and it's going to cost you sales and it's going to cost you reputation and a whole variety of problems. It really opens up Pandora's box.
0: Before I ask you a couple of questions, put a cap on your story. Did you end up buying the car? Leasing the car? You did not. Whoa. did not. You did did not lease the car.
1: There's a big difference between six seventy nine a month and a thousand, whatever it was, eighty-four. Yeah. Um so no, we we didn't we did not.
0: I'm not a mathematician, but that's a good amount of money.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sure is. And it wasn't a matter of just playing with the down payment either, because we I think that my recollection is the down payment was in the five thousand dollar range, right? Right. Really, on a lease, all that is is cap cost reduction. So you just figure that into the payment. Um, right. But as far as mentally, you know, what it really was costing. But we didn't have a problem with the five thousand dollars down. It was, you know, five thousand dollars down, a thousand dollars a month is a lot different than six seventy nine a
0: month. Yeah. So you know. I'll, I'll take a look at this real quick from the agency standpoint now, right? I'm the account director in an agency, and we um, you know our account management team is they're uh, you know, disclaimer wizards, right? Um, so we pay very close attention to our um, clients' disclaimers when the when the ad when the leases are being done, when the ads are going up at the end of the month, uh, all those kind of things. Um, and obviously, the rules vary. Or the laws, laws and rules vary based on manufacturer and based on state, right? right. Um, so you know, there's you know, it's not one size fits all everywhere. Um, you know, everywhere you go. So I think from from the first standpoint is, and you know, let me know if you think this is the way you know that dealers should look at it, looking from your you know position as a lead consultant and founder a Better Vantage Point is. What comes first for dealers? Do they need to understand that it's important they understand the rules? Do they need to have a, a point person who does it? Because as a dealer board, I think as a, as a community, it's easy for dealers to be like, all right, well, I'm not going to worry about it until I have to worry about it. But then when it's time to worry about it, maybe it's too late and you should have worried about it earlier.
1: Right. So I think I think the first uh, uh, the first paradigm to consider is, to make sure the dealers know the decisions they're making. Mm -hmm. If they decide they just want to leave it alone and they want to just let it ride and whatever happens, happens fine. As long as they know that that's the decision they're making, I wouldn't want them making that decision without having information. And then the what ifs about, well, what, what can possibly go wrong? Um, I've been in the industry for 30 years, and I've seen a lot of things go sideways. Um, Everything that can go sideways goes sideways. Um, So if they're going to be cavalier about it, then they should know that you know the worst thing that happens is maybe the FTC says that they have to close for seven days, and that's part of their penalty. Well, in a lot of the lot of the franchise agreements, it says if you're closed for you know two days consecutively, or three, it depends on the manufacturer, they're, they're all different. But if you're closed two to three days consecutively, then they can jerk your franchise. Yeah. So so now you're talking about an advertising violation that inadvertently you could lose your franchise. Yeah. And the millions and millions of dollars that that would cost. So, so I think the first thing is to make sure they understand the decision. Um, the second thing I think that's important is to have somebody who is not in the sales department monitoring this. It could be an ad agency, it could be a company like ours, it could be an employee who, who is the actual person who posts uh, some of the rebates and posts the incentives and, and, and make sure that those are all flowing smoothly because they don't ever flow smoothly and there are always adjustments that have to be made. Certainly that person can be trained uh, into what to do. But having somebody monitor it who's not in the sales department and not paid on volume and gross, uh, I think, should be in charge of it. Otherwise, it's the fox guarding the the hen house,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, I get it. Okay, you know, the thought process from – you know, a sales manager is I'm going to get a guy to come in on this beautiful looking car at this payment. And then when they come in, we'll gently, you know, let them switch them to that car and oh, it's this payment. And, you know, maybe nine times out of 10, you know, the customer either is not bothered by it. They don't really understand what happened or at the very worst, they'll have a bad experience and write a bad review and then it'll stop there. And a dealer maybe, you know, in the back of their mind thinks, all right, well, if it, I don't want it to make it that far, but if it does, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it is bad, but a dealer might be like, all right, well, it's worth taking that risk to sell that car. Um, but, you know, when it, until it gets past the bad review phase, they might not, th- we might not think of the consequences. What are some right. of the possible I know it varies by state and manufacturer and all that law and all that stuff, but what are the, some of the, what are some of the possible consequences besides what you just met, you know, mentioned about you know being forced to close and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Sure. I mean, I know, if, for example, starting at one of the, one of the worst things is uh, each state has its own motor vehicle dealer board. Of course they can bring an action um, yeah. and, and that can result in, the same thing, right? The dealer board can can meet out penalties as they determine, and one of them could be that you have to close for a day or two, right? That yeah. that could be one of the penalties. Um, I know of an instance where back before the internet, um, when uh, when there was back before the internet, right. you remember Matt?
0: Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: um, there were two ladies in church who uh, were talking about getting screwed by a car dealer. And you know, essentially the conversation went, well, you got screwed. Well, I got screwed. So let's do something about it. And class action, there was a class action lawsuit, which costs millions and millions of dollars. Um, same thing can happen on, on, uh, all these websites. Um, there are really roughly 36 websites that are prevalent. I would say that customers post complaints about dealerships. So, any two of them, they can take that online conversation and take it offline and really cause problems for the dealer. Um, uh, for through lawsuits, um, yeah. through reputational problems, right? Once uh, lawyers love to send lawsuits to the local news station, um, and uh, oftentimes those news stations will get the consumer in the can or on on film before. Uh, they even call the dealership to say that there's a problem, right? Yeah. They're all kinds of uh, on your side, right? There's certain NBC affiliates. It's whatever on your side. Yep. Uh, they're always on your side. <laughs> always on your side. So, and, and everybody loves to pick on a car dealer, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so they're either, they make themselves sometimes easy pickings. Uh, so yeah. they're, you know, all kinds of problems from regulatory to lawsuits to franchise problems.
0: Do you think for a dealer until it affects them or maybe a peer they have in the industry, um, they don't see it as serious until it's kind of more in their orbit? Sure.
1: I mean, I, you know, once bitten, twice shy, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, often some of these, some of the allegations that come out of these lawsuits can be covered by the dealer's insurance policy. Mm -hmm. So some of them think, okay, well, if that happens, I'll just give it to my insurance company and I'll let them resolve it. Right. Um, Problem there is the same reputation problems, uh, the same online problems. Uh, You've got the lawsuit out there. And then when your insurance renewal comes up, they're going to increase your premium. So, and they may say, well, okay, the lawsuit costs you know 150 200,000 something in that range and they can't possibly increase my premium by that much the first year so then I'll go just shop and I'll go get another insurance company but the other insurance companies look at the loss runs and examine what happened and uh, I've seen instances where dealers are not insurable insurance companies just don't want the risk because they don't have a good risk management um Um, policies and procedures in place. And so insurance companies are uh, getting wiser about examining the risk that the dealership presents. So it can really be problematic.
0: What is a good starting spot education-wise for dealers? The dealer's listening to this and thinks, man, you know what? These guys actually know what they're talking about. I know that's hard to believe. Maybe a dealer would think that, but you know, where, um, you know, where can a dealer start and say, okay, I should be paying attention to this. How do I educate myself?
1: I I think it's a great, it's a great question, Matt. I think the first thing for them to do is mystery shop their own advertising. Just start by clicking on their own cars and see what the disclaimer says Mm -hmm. and see if they're the advertising, you know, any of the three trigger terms, right? The amount, the amount down or the percentage uh, down um, the APR or any of the repayment terms. um, And then look and see, you know, see if they can buy that car for those terms. And if not, then they need to do a little self-examination and see, you know, what they feel comfortable with um, or what they don't feel comfortable with.
0: Okay. So the article uh, is is the article called the lollipop one model? Is that the name? Is that the title? Yeah, so that is the title. for people to get the, uh, the full story and uh, you know, read the article on this in dealer marketing magazine, which is DealerMarketing.com. They uh, go to DealerMarketing.com and click on, Oh, it'll be there. It'll be in one of the stories there on the homepage or they can go to expert panel and find Tom Klein on there. And then uh, read your work. Talk to me a little bit about uh, Better Vantage Point and how you guys uh, help dealers with this type of issue uh, and more.
1: Sure, thanks. Um, so, you know, our main goal is to help dealers reduce liability. Um, that can be in many different forms and formats. We're talking about advertising today but there's liability all around the dealership. Um, I use uh, one uh, obvious example I use sometimes is that dealerships all have used oil and new oil tanks. And what would happen if, uh, if a mechanic was working on a car that didn't have brakes, careened in the oil tanks and mm-hmm. oil spilled all over the ground? Do you have insurance to cover that? Did they know that that kind of thing uh, holds them personally uh, responsible? Um, that's a risk that has to be mitigated, that's something that has to be discussed. Just like these advertising issues, just like um, uh, how do you mitigate your exposure to lawsuits and regulatory problems um, and and forestall deceptive advertising practices. So we'll either do that work for them uh, on an ongoing basis or we'll go in and train them on what they should be looking at. and. And we can audit them if they if they want us to on an ongoing basis and make sure that they are doing the right things, right? We can look at their advertising every month and submit them what we think is uh, incorrect and what they should consider or change the disclaimer or, uh, you know, get rid of the ad completely depending on on what the ad looks like.
0: Is a dealer allowed to post an ad that, and I'm sure the answer to this is no, but uh, that the, to to get that special, it requires uh, qualifying for multiple um, rebates or programs. That there's no way one person could qualify for you know two or three of these programs stacked together to get the get the offer.
1: It's a good question. The Federal Trade Commission has recently addressed this issue and said that if most people can't get it, that they shouldn't be stacking those offers. So right. you can't you can't advertise for the one. Person in the whole state of Connecticut that could qualify for the cash, you know, the the college rebate and the first-time buyer and the, you know, trading in a nineteen twenty jalopy. Right. You just can't. you, You know, the Federal Trade Commission said you can't do that.
0: Most is kind of a like most. Like, what does that mean?
1: I think I think they gave a lot more specific uh, guidance on it. Uh, That's just my, my term, but that the general population can get
0: general pop.
1: Yeah. I mean, without, without, uh, without a lot of exceptions, they're trying to, again, they're trying to forestall uh, false advertising and, and, you know, they don't want to field those complaints, right? They don't want to hear about car dealers and their false advertising all the time. they, Rather work on other things, which there are plenty of other things for them to work
0: on. It happens all the time. And uh, we as a community, I believe, don't look at it as an issue until it's an issue. And that in itself is an issue. And that's why people need to talk to people like you. Right. So uh, how can right. It, how, I mean, go ahead. Well, I was going to say
1: there are, there are ways, you know, there are ways to do it to, again, mitigate your risk. I mean, maybe you show a picture of the base model and the disclaimer says um, available by special order only. So if the customer comes in and says, hey, I want this, you say, great, come have a seat, pull up a chair. Let's do the paperwork. And they're going to say, well, you know, when do I get the car? And you say, well, look, let's look at the ad together. It says available by special order only. That takes 12 weeks. Um, glad to get it for you. What color do you want? And they say, yeah. well wait, I you know, I, what about the the red one over there? I really like that one. Great, let's go look at the red one. I think that's a great idea. And then then you're then you're off to the races and yet you haven't done anything wrong.
0: Yeah. I think by leaving vagaries in your disclaimer, you are for sure setting yourself up for for trouble down the line. And which I think is pretty common. Oh, we'll just be vague about it and then we can, you know, kind of talk our way out of it when the person is in is in the showroom. Um, and I get it. You're trying to, you know, bring in as many people as possible. Once, once you're in, you've got a whatever conversion rate and that's the number you're going for. But you know, is it worth the risk if it bites you uh, in the long run? And the answer is no.
1: Right. Right. Cause the, the bites can take big, big chunks.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's Tom Klein, lead consultant and founder at Better Vantage Point and expert panel member at Dealer Marketing Magazine. Expert panel member is a pretty impressive title. So uh, good for you on that one. (laughs)
1: Yes. Well, back at you.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm not an expert, but uh, I'm not going to argue with them. Uh, Tom, (laughs) thanks for your time. I really do appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure to be here, Matt.
0: You know the old uh, the old saying. I tried to research when it's from, and I can't really figure it out. I think it's the mid nineteenth century, and it might have been in a book, maybe. But the old saying, "Better safe than sorry," from the mid nineteenth century. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like a seems like a good thing to think about uh, right now. Don't wait until it's too late, guys. That's what I'm saying. All right, thanks for listening to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. I really want to, real quick, let me move my camera for those watching on video. I want to thank, take a look at this shirt here from Pinterest. I want to thank uh, John Gray, the Global Automotive Strategy Lead at Pinterest for sending me this pullover, super comfortable piece of clothing. We had a podcast with him, an episode of Expera Marketing a couple of months ago talking about how dealers can utilize Pinterest. And they sent me this uh, awesome clothing with their little yellow uh, P logo on it here. And I really appreciate it. So thanks for that, uh, John and his team over there. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson presented by Silverback Advertising online at silverbackadvertising.com. Stay in touch. Follow us on the social medias.